College Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, the countdown to Panthers training camp hits single digits tomorrow, and that has us pumped up on this Saturday night. I'm Grace Grill, he's Gabe McDonald, and this is Charlotte Sports Live. We've got everybody's favorite, Andrew Brightman, joining us for Quick Six a little later on. And though it's been a relatively slow week, you would say, we still have plenty to talk about over this next hour. Yeah, we got a handful of high school football previews to share with you, plus the frustrations have reached a boiling point for Charlotte FC. But let's start with some positive news on this wonderful Sunday evening, and that's with the Panthers. We're 10 days out from Panthers training camp in Spartanburg, and the first practice is on July 26th. That is a week from Wednesday, Charlotte Sports Live will be at Wofford College even earlier with exclusive content and interviews starting a week from tonight. That's right here on your official home for the black and blue. And in case you missed the big news we shared with you last night, Carolina has reportedly made its contract pitch to star edge rusher Brian Burns. Darren Gant of Panthers.com reports that the team has made a formal offer to Burns. He's still under contract for one more season though, but getting that extension done now would ease a lot of minds over at 800 South Mint Street and across all of the Carolinas. Now Burns, he's the future of this Panther defense and someone Frank Reich and Ajero Evero can build around. And the new agent Zero knows what his, what his immediate goals are. I want to be a Panther, that's all I can tell you. I want to be a Panther and I'm truly blessed to be in this position. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a dream come true just to be, just to have these kind of talks. Guys that's been in, in this position and uh, yeah, they were dominant, aggressive, dominant. They got after the quarterback and um, my main focus right now has been getting healthy, getting back out there with my guys. And pro Football Focus has Burns as one of Carolina's top three players to build around, along with Bryce Young and Derrick Brown. The question is, is that a Super Bowl-worthy trio in the near future, Grace? I think time will tell. I think this is going to be a big year, not just for not just for Burns and, and on the defensive side of the ball, but you got a new coaching staff and mm -hmm. you got new players and we don't we don't really know what to expect on yeah. offense, right? Because I'm excited about the idea of what our tight ends role is going right, to be in this offense. Sure. Are we going to see that then play a bigger role? If we're talking about other players that I think that are probably they're going to want to build around, I keep going back to them trading away Hassan Reddick yeah. last season, right? Because everyone talked about how much of a difference that would have made yeah. having him opposite each other. And maybe that's a Frankie Louvu that you yeah. start to build around with Burns at uh, this point. Especially with the way their defense is going to be, having different guys that they can pluck, kind of plug and play on the edge. But if I look at other players that you could put in that conversation, got to look at Ike Aquano. I know he's just a rookie, but they yeah. drafted him that high to be that left tackle of the future. You have him last year, Bryce Young coming the year after. That's your quarterback and left tackle yeah. tandem that you can have for the future, at least 10, maybe even 15 years. And obviously on the defensive side of the ball, I know we haven't seen a lot of him due to injury, but J.C. Horn is still a shutdown corner. I think he's poised for a big year this year. He's somebody they can definitely keep around and build around for the future. Yeah, well, we will start to see that future take fold in training camp. Speaking of training camp, here's the schedule. Like we told you, first practice is July 26th. Rookies report to Wofford College on Saturday. Veterans report a week from Tuesday. Fan Fest is on August 2nd at Bank of America Stadium. And on the 9th and 10th, the New York Jets come to town for two joint practices and hard knocks is following the Jets this year, so there will be a lot more cameras on the field those days. That should be fun. And then following camp, here's Carolina's preseason schedule. After Carolina hosts the Jets August 12th at the bank, the Panthers fly to Jersey for a meeting with the Giants. Then it's back home to wrap up the preseason slate against the Lions, and you can catch both the Jets and Giants matchups right here on Queen City News, Fox Charlotte. Well, the Charlotte Hornets wrapped up summer league play in Vegas on Saturday, picking up their first and only win of summer league. Brandon Miller, Nick Smith Jr. did not play in the last few games, showing the coaching staff just enough 
to get an early rest. Now we enter the void of the NBA offseason until training camp starts. Gabe, did you learn anything from Summer League? I, I know this is an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn? Just a little bit. I think the big thing for me is that I think the guard play, I think this team will be very guard-heavy. I think that's a good thing with the way that the league is going. We saw a lot out of Nick Smith Jr. Got to show some love to Amari Bailey as well, a guy who played well in his absence, signed that two-way contract recently. So I think that's another guy that you can have off the bench. But it's still really hard for me to gauge a lot because it's just summer league. A lot of these guys will likely be playing more of their time in Greensboro than here in Charlotte. But I still think there's a little bit of a long way to go for this team. Yeah, and that it is exciting, and I agree with you. That is the way the league's going. But the league is already there. These yeah. are the young guns that haven't, like Brandon Miller, okay, look great, hasn't played against anybody yeah. yet, right? Victor Wembanyama came out and made those made those comments about the league yeah. was soft. Like I can't wait for his welcome to the league moment because he hasn't played anybody yet. Yeah, he, um, he had that with Kai Jones dunking on him though. That was that was a big thing for me is I learned how great of a dunker I guess Kai Jones is because that was a great moment. But also got to show some love James Nashi. I think he could be special as well. Second round pick really yeah. looked good down there down low. Well, of course, got to move to NASCAR. NASCAR making it stop in New Hampshire this weekend. Just seven races to go in the regular season. But due to Mother Nature, the weekend is being extended by one more day. The Crayon 301 did not run today due to rain. It's postponed until tomorrow at noon. Now, Christopher Bell is the defending winner of this race, and he will actually be on the pole tomorrow in the Crayon 301. And joining Bell on the front row, this is Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Martin Truex Jr. Then it's a trio of Fords rounding out the top five. Eric Almarola, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney. Reminder, the green flag drops at high noon tomorrow in New Hampshire. All right, and we can hardly wait for the high school football season. And this year, the Panthers are kicking it off big with the inaugural Keep Pounding Classic that will feature some local powerhouses. And of course, you can't say powerhouse without Providence Day. And today was decision day for one of the Chargers' top playmakers in Jordan Chip. We'll tell you where the four-star receiver is playing his college ball. That's coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. All right, just to wrap it up, so with all that being said, in the next three to four years, I will be attending University of North Carolina. And there you have it. One of the top receivers in the country is heading right up the road to Chapel Hill. It was down to three schools for Providence Day wideout Jordan Ship, and he decides to stay in state to suit up for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. The four-star chooses UNC over Michigan and NC State, and that is some fire artwork that you just saw right there. Ship says that he feels relieved now that this decision is behind him and that he's hoping to bring another state title back to Providence Day. It feels good. It's a lot of pressure off my shoulders, a lot of weight off my shoulders, and I'm just happy. I'm happy to see I got all my people here. Everybody's happy and about to go eat. Just showing me the offense, just showing me exactly what we do here. Go there, do that, dominate how I've been doing it here, and get to the next level. I would say it's a huge relief. You know, I can focus on the season with my boys, 100% locked in on that, and I just know I'm going to a great program that I can trust. So it's just, I'm happy. Speaking of being locked in, everybody will be locked in on the Chargers, and this season, after they won their second straight, State title last year. Yeah, I got a first-hand preview this past week of the squad that is loaded with future Division One stars as they look to go for that three-peat. It's definitely harder to stay on top of the mountain than climb the mountain. Um, obviously, there's going to be an extra chip on your shoulder when you're climbing the mountain. Um, but realizing this team isn't last year's team. While that is true, the 2023 version of the Providence Day Chargers still has stars all across the board. Despite entering the season with a target the size of Charlotte on their back, the pressure isn't phasing this group. I love the pressure. A lot of these other schools in this area don't think we are what we are, but I mean, at the end of the day, every, every team we played in this area, especially the public schools in this area, we've, hand, we've handled them just fine. Everything for this team starts and ends with five-star quarterback Jaden Davis under center. 
The Michigan commit is coming off a stellar junior season that ended with him being named North Carolina Gatorade Player of the Year. But there's a young man in the trenches who is also becoming a household name. Offensive tackle David Sanders enters his junior season as the number one recruit in the country in the class of 2025. He holds offers from just about every major program across the country, such as Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. A guy that's going to be a first-round draft pick one day, that's, that's like my little big brother. Uh, he's my bodyguard. He makes sure nobody messes with me. But now I love Big Dave, his family, and everything he provides for this team. It's that family-like bond that has this program where it is now. And this Charger family aims to be a well-oiled machine once the season gets underway next month. The program's the same, but each team's unique in uh, how they come together chemistry-wise. And then, you know, scheme-wise, really, you know, we'll find out what our kids are good at. And we'll try to focus on those things. The Chargers' quest for a three-peat begins in Uptown at Bank of America Stadium. They'll take on six-time South Carolina State champs Northwestern on August 19th. Gabe McDonald, Charlotte Sports Live. Yeah, that game on August 19th is the inaugural Keep Pounding Classic. Like you said, two powerhouses, Providence Day and Northwestern going head-to-head. -head. It marks the first time that high school football will be played at Bank of America Stadium. The game gets underway at 7 o'clock that Saturday night, and tickets are still on sale for just $5. All right, this is the best time of the night, and it's a great time when we get meteorologist Andrew Brightman in the building for Quick Six. Are you ready, Big Dog? I am so ready also. Shout out to Grace, best co-worker, for the fabulous cookies last hey, night. And the I'm ready to scarf down some questions. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's put two minutes on the clock. Andrew, you're up first. New Panthers running back Miles Sanders said this week that Andy Dalton is a Hall of Famer. Do you agree with him? Um, Hall, like, are we talking NFL? We're talking Hall Canton, baby. Um, yeah, no. Actually, I did a little bit of research. <laughs> There has been no quarterback in the Hall of Fame that hasn't at least made it to their conference championship game. He has never won a playoff game again. He's been a good, serviceable quarterback. Let's maybe the Hall of Decent at some point, potentially. Look, look at you coming with the numbers, coming for one of our jobs. All right, Grace, you're up. Is it concerning that we've heard nothing on the statuses of P.J. Washington and Kelly Oubre Jr. yet? Concerning for who? I, I think, if anything, it just gives the, the Hornets more time to figure out what they want to do. I think, I mean, I personally would like to see both of them back. I don't yeah. know how possible that is, but P.J. Washington might be might be someone that could help out the Charlotte squad this year. Yeah, hopefully we get some news pretty soon. All right, Andrew, you back up. Seth Curry with an amazing hole-in-one yesterday. Do you think he could win on the tour? I know you're a golf guy. I think that's about as likely as me walking on and playing on an NBA team one day, Gabe. <laughs> Again, he's a good player. He's around a scratch, maybe plus one golfer, very good amateur. But to put it in perspective, Tony Romo, who Tiger Woods said was the best celebrity player he's ever seen, tried to play in a PGA Tour event, second tier, shot 77-82 dead last. That's probably how Steph Curry would fare. you got to give yeah. these players credit. They are truly the best in the world. Sometimes I really don't think we fully appreciate that. Probably should stick to his day job. All right, Grace. Angels say they're open to trading Shohei Otani. What's an ideal landing spot for him? Not named the New York Yankees. Well, I think that is the ideal landing spot, the New York Yankees, but if I cannot say them, I think the easy choice here is the Dodgers, especially if he wants to stay on the on the, on the the West Coast. Um, I also kind of like the idea of the Reds. I don't know how big spenders they're going to be, but could you imagine Ellie De La Cruz and him? and just, that, would be, that would be huge. Especially we already run out of time. And Andrew, Let's college football go. just around the corner. ESPN has your Penn State Nindy Lions ranked 10th in their latest preseason we bowl. Are. Do you agree? I do agree. We've got Drew Alar, 14 returning starters. This is the year. In fact, I'm, for the next two years, I'm putting the over-under a total regular season losses at three for my Nittany You're lines. not going to miss Sean Speaking of three, Grace, top We're, three Luke Combs songs real quick. Top three, uh, oh, that's hard. I'm going to go Moon Over Mexico, Reasons, and uh, Come on. one number away. 
There we go. There we go. All right, that was going to do it for Quick Six. Let's move on to the pitch because Charlotte FC's streak of five straight draws finally came to an end last night, but not in a good way. And Crown Captain Ashley Westwood has some strong thoughts on his team's performance. That's just ahead. We've got Lions and Tigers and Hornets and Panthers. We're talking all the buzz with WFNZ's Kyle Bailey coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. Moving on to the pitch, Charlotte FC was north of the border last night. The crown taking on Montreal, trying to sack a streak of five straight draws. The good news is that the streak was snapped. The bad news was that it was a loss and the crown misses out on points. Concern grows for the Charlotte team that controlled the possession for 54% of the match, but only made six shots to Montreal's 14, none of which were on target. Crown captain Ashley Westwood with some strong words after the match last night. First half was unacceptable. We can't start a game like that. It's it's uh, high school football. That's what it was first off, and we need to be we need to be better than that. We we start games well, we don't finish games well. The positive, if we can take any positives from tonight, because it was a real bad night, but we we kept going, we stuck in there, and like I said, it's back to the drawing board. The, the league the league finishes now for a for a month or so. so like I said, it's all focused on the league cup now. We put that one behind us quick and and move on because we've got another one coming around very fast. That is high school football. You heard Westwood right there. The focus and now turns to the League's Cup. Charlotte, they face Dallas on a Friday. All right, well, other than Charlotte FC, with the Hornets Summer League wrapping up this past week and the Panthers still 10 days away from training camp, we have reached the void of the Charlotte sports scene. But luckily, Will Kunkel is filling that void with a special guest he went one-on-one -on -one with earlier this week. Kyle Bailey, my man from the clubhouse on WFNZ. One question for you, and then I'm going to have about nine follow-ups. How do you fill three hours a day? during this time of year, because we're sitting here on Charlotte Sports Live talking about glizzies, talking about toppings that go on hot dogs, like ridiculous things. How do you do it for three hours? Brilliance, utter brilliance, um, <laughs> you know, stick-to-itiveness, cons consistency, commitment, all the buzzwords. No, we, uh, we're we actually next week going to do fantasy movie baseball, football, and basketball drafts. So <laughs> we, we do lists, we do hypotheticals. Uh, obviously, you and I are baseball guys, so. All-Star Week helps. All this Shohei Otani stuff is fun and uh, just longing for a baseball team to eventually arrive in Charlotte. But, hey, that's the job, right? No complaining. The best part is when we have somebody on the show like you, we can ask the same questions we've been asking ourselves for the last four months. So <laughs> what are you expecting in training camp? What are you looking for? Like, like for instance, last night I said, Terrace Marshall Jr. and Yitor Grosbatos have got to have big training camps. Like, it's their career on the line. What are you going into camp looking at? Uh, same. Uh, it starts with Bryce Young. He's the feature attraction, right? He's the reason that I, I expect, like you probably do, that uh, the hills are going to be packed and, um, you know, there's not going to be much standing room. I think the uh, crowd is going to be there in, in big numbers to see number number nine, to see Bryce Young. And it starts there. But uh, from there, you're right. Can Terrace Marshall Jr. become the player they hoped he would when they took him a couple of years ago out of LSU? Um, you know, can Mingo, I, I was reading something the other day that certain scouts think that Jonathan Mingo is further ahead than A.J. Brown, a guy that he was comp to in the draft. So, yeah, I'm looking at that for sure. Um, I want to see who's going to fill the opposite edge, edge rusher role from Brian Burns. And, um, you know, can they be more productive in getting after the quarterback? So there are a lot of great storylines. And, you know, I've been here for this will be my seventh straight Panthers training camp. And I don't think there's been one more exciting than this one. Nothing better than hope this time of year. Everybody's got some. What are you, you nervous about with this team? Like, what on this team, when you look at it, you're like, man, I'm telling you, this could be an issue come week, whatever. Uh, cornerback depth. Um, I, I could go pass rush as well, but cornerback depth is one for me. Um, you know, J.C. Horn is – I think at this point I feel comfortable saying that, you know, J.C. Horn is a lockdown corner. I believe we've seen that from him when he's on the field. But 
Uh, is he going to play 16 or 17 games? We got to know that. Uh, CJ Henderson going to be able to not just stay healthy and play, but play to a high level consistently each and every week. Dante Jackson's coming off a serious injury. Um, you know, there, there's questions about depth in that room. And so I think for that reason, you know, when they, by the time they suit up week one, I think there are at least one or two more roster moves slash additions coming. And I think cornerback, that room has to be one of them. Let's go down the street to the Hornets. I don't care if they win summer league games. I, I really don't. I do care that they represent themselves with some respect and play the game properly. And I don't mean this in an old timey way. I just mean like have a plan. What have your thoughts been from the Hornets the last handful of games? Listen, I, I host the Hornets pregame show and I've done pre and post for years and I love being around the team and uh, grew up on NBA basketball. And so I try to always be optimistic, but uh, the Hornets summer league experience has not been a good one overall uh, for the last couple of years. This is this this is one of the worst summer league teams we've ever seen. Uh, I think they, they were nearly scoreless after one last night. Uh, we've seen the same core cast of characters on the summer league roster the past couple of years. So, you know, it, it's time for that to really thrust see some churn, you know, by this time next year, I know summer league's not something we talk a ton about, but um, I think you're going to see some guys end up in different uniforms and, uh, you know, shutting down Brandon Miller after 26 points a couple of days ago, I thought was wise, you know, in an off season full of tough PR moments for the Hornets, let that one ride. Um, you know, let the last thing people think or see of, of Brandon Miller before the season be 26 points. Uh, that was good. Nick Smith Jr. looks like he is the offensive prospect, at least, that many thought he was this time a year ago. And so I'm excited for what they've done. I don't think Summer League told us that much because it's a bunch of guys that haven't played together, won't play together again. Uh, and certainly the same coaching staff that will be there this year. So uh, it is what it is. So I'm in the camp with you that there were some positives, there were some negatives. My biggest issue is, like, some feet have to be held to the fire, I feel like. like. Is it acceptable to treat summer league like this? And if so, then why even go if you're just going to have a glorified pickup game, if you're not going to try to take something away from it? Because it does seem like some teams are using it to somehow benefit them better than the Hornets. Oh, sure. And that's one of those things where I don't think summer league, you know, often means very much. But it is interesting to see how certain organizations – uh, like the Heat, like the San Antonio Spurs, you know, there's summer league teams. Even if the, the, the players that are out there don't always go on to be great talent, there's like this cultural understanding or, you know, a culture there that there's an expectation that has to be met even in summer league. And so I, th I think we see that play out sometimes, um, you know, but the Hornets, like I said, it's been miserable. Uh, you know, there's been that report from True Hoops, the True Hoop podcast last week that one anonymous Hornets player shared that the coaching situation was just an absolute disaster and, uh, there was a lack of leadership and, and a lack of harmony in a summer league locker room, which I'm not even sure how that's possible, but um, it has certainly shown out there on the floor. And while we shouldn't put too much stock into summer league, I, I do think the Hornets have to reckon with the fact that they've often looked that bad that often during summer league. It was kind of interesting looking at the Panthers roster. It's They're going to have some tweaks here and there before the season starts, whereas the Hornets roster, it's so much further away from the season, yet it's kind of what it is at this point. That's how the NBA works. What's your thought on the roster and what's their ceiling? How do you see them competing this year? Like, should they be competing for a five, six, seven seed, which is what we thought they should be doing the first year in Clifford before everything got exploded because of what Miles Bridges did? Oh, absolutely. I apologize. My, uh, my, my producer thinks that he's sneaky and he's crawling behind he, me right he, now. That's smoke he, trying that to is, get to his desk. He couldn't be less sneaky. Like, there's, it, it, there's no, it's, it's, no, that's the least sneaky thing that you've ever seen. It was terrible. So the TV audience that are gonna, that's going to see this, uh, we apologize for just smoke's wave. behavior. Next time, just um, I wave. Do, like, I, I, next time, just wave is what Kunkel said. Uh, <laughs> I tend to agree with that. So, uh, 
smokes behind his caboose is going to be on Fox, on Queen City News tonight on Charlotte Sports Live. Uh, actually, I've, I've, I'm pretty bullish on this. I think if uh, you know they stay healthy this upcoming season, I think they're a 40 to 43 win basketball team. I, I'm that confident in the totality of the talent that's on this team. Now, as we saw last year, the big thing was nobody stayed healthy. That matters more than anything else. But there was no Miles Bridges. Lamelo missed a huge chunk of games. Ironically, Gordon stayed healthier than just about everybody else. But you know, I think um, they've got a chance to win 40 to 43 games next year if they stay healthy. I think the talent is there to do that. And if they can, historically, that's going to land them in that 6-7 range. So we'll see, but I'm pretty optimistic. All right, everybody, make sure you guys watch or watch, listen to the clubhouse on WFNZ weekdays, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock. Bailey, you're the man. Enjoy the weekend, brother. Thank you, brother. Be good. Always good to have Kyle Bailey on the show, and we haven't seen the last of North Wilkesboro. The historic track set to hold even more races. Those details coming up just ahead. And we continue our high school football preview. Up next, we'll hear from the Weddington Warriors. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. Keep it here. Back here on CSL, Charlotte Athletics announced Friday that this year's Hall of Fame induction ceremony will take place September 15th and will honor both the class of 2022 and 2023. The class of 22 highlighted by men's basketball greats Byron Dinkins and Henry Williams, along with longtime men's basketball coach Jeff Mullins and women's basketball All-American Paula Bennett. Meanwhile, the class of 2023, headlined by the all-time winningest men's basketball coach in Bobby Lutz and Charlotte Athletics' largest individual donor in Ike Bell. And with that, we welcome you back inside Charlotte Sports Live. We're here for another half hour. Let's continue our high school football previews tonight, Grace. Yeah, Weddington is another program with high hopes this season. And after making it to the state semis last season, they want more this season. I caught up with the Warriors last week. Well, you know, we were right there against Grimsley. Just a couple things didn't go our way. But the Weddington Warriors have a lot going for them this year. And that starts with senior quarterback Tyler Budge. A lot of pieces coming back for this year. You know, anytime quarterback's back, you feel really good. Four starting offensive linemen are back. Uh, you know, a couple secondary guys are back. And, and uh, we're really young in the front seven, too. So uh, to have a bunch of talent in the front seven and be young, I think it's good for us this year, also the future. Budge, who is already committed to play at Georgia Southern next year, is poised for a great season. After battling for the starting job last summer, this summer he's been able to focus more on the team than him as an individual. Last year coming into quarterback battle, this year not as much. So it's kind of just building connections with guys like Keenan and the other receivers. Keenan Jackson transfers in from Cuthbertson High School and after Weddington lost its first five receivers from last season, adding a player like Jackson gives this Warriors offense a nice boost. Just want to win. Um, you know, we want to play hard every single day, 90-9-0 and uh, win a state championship. It's the main goal. Uh, we're excited for him. He's been awesome, you know, just coming in and, and doing what we do in, in our program and learning everything and, uh, you know, I think he's going to be primed for a huge year. Weddington will open up the season Thursday, August 17th at home against Cox Mill. For Charlotte Sports Live, I'm Grace Grill. All right, moving to the track and prepare the checkered flag. More racers are on the way for the historic North Wilkesboro Speedway. The Welland Modified Tour will race there on September 30th, and those tickets are on sale right now. NASCAR recently returned to the track back in May for a sold-out all-star race. All right, the Carolina Hurricanes have wrapped up their development camp for hockey prospects, and one of those who participated is a young coach with hopes and dreams of her own. Todd Gibson shares the story of a Raleigh native who is on the way to climbing the hockey ranks. Raleigh native Alyssa Gallardi got the coaching bug when her five-year professional career in the Canadian Women's Hockey League ended four years ago. 
to me, it's just, you know, wanting to just be the best coach I possibly can and, and getting exposure here is, is really great. Gallardi is working side-by-side -side with Carolina head coach Rod Brindamore at the Hurricanes development camp at Invisalign Arena. Gallardi realizes she stands out in this environment but hopes one day that won't be the case. I'm not looking at it as I'm a female coach here. I'm just another coach as part of the staff. And uh, I think elite athletes are elite athletes, whether male or female. I've been exposed to people on both sides. And uh, to me, it's just being able to add value, add tools to the toolbox for some of these players and, and help out as much as I can. Gallardi spent last year as an assistant coach for the Newman University men's ice hockey program. So a week with the Hurricanes young prospects is no big deal. Gallardi got her coaching start right here in her hometown, organizing and leading girls' hockey initiatives throughout the Carolinas for several years. But even then, Gallardi knew she wanted a coach at a higher level. I think you take it for granted when you're playing a little bit, um, how much time and energy goes into you know, planning a practice and, and really investing in video and all these things to help athletes. So um, I have a new appreciation for that for sure. But uh, yeah, that's been pretty eye-opening. And that's what this week is all about, learning from coaches who have pretty much seen it all. For Gallardi, coaching is coaching, no matter who she's working with. They know you're going to invest in, in them and their journey and their progression to get to pro hockey. Um, I think they're willing to listen. So for me, it's, uh, again, not so much to be a female, but I think just you know being a, a coach here and, and helping them however I can. All right, well, let's head across the pond to Wimbledon, a great final between Novak Djokovic looking for his fifth straight title as he takes on 20-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, a top player in the world with four set tied at two. After a Djokovic backhand, Alcaraz attempts a drop shot but can't get it over the net. Look at Djokovic blowing a little kiss to the crowd as he gets the break to go up 3-2. Deciding fifth set break point for Alcaraz. Djokovic falls in the middle of the point, but he continues on. He approaches the net, fires it back at Alcaraz, but Alcaraz comes back get it past him to win the game. Djokovic takes out his frustrations right here. Oh, gonna take it out on his racket. Slams it into the post, yeah, that's gonna leave a mark. Now we have the championship point for Alcaraz coming up with a massive forehand from the 20-year-old, and Djokovic returns it right back into the net. And just like that, the 20-year-old phenom, Alcaraz, the top player in the world, and now he is the top player at Wimbledon, your 2023 men's Wimbledon champion. His champion is his second major of his career. A great moment by taking down one of the best in the game right now. Crazy. Well, the Myers Park football team looks to have a return to glory this fall with a new man in charge. We'll preview the 2023 edition of the Mustangs coming up next. All right, and a brave streak in jeopardy. They haven't done this since late May. Could they get the bats going against the White Sox? You can find out next coming up on Charlotte Sports Live. Well, if you don't know, now you know the high school football season will be here before we know it. Mark your calendars for August 19th. That's the Turf King Charlotte Invitational, and it'll feature three games that day with teams from across both North and South Carolina, including five in our viewing area. We've got Huff, West Charlotte, Palisade, Charlotte Christian, and Myers Park all hitting the field at Memorial Stadium to kick off the 2023 season. And speaking of the Mustangs, they're one of the more tradition-rich programs in the Queen City and have produced a ton of talent over the years. But in recent years, they've gone through a whole lot of change. This season, however, looks to be the foundation to get the program back to what it once was. One could say that the last four seasons for Myers Park football marked the beginning of a new era with a new head coach at the helm each year. However, this time around, things feel a bit different with Chris James in charge. Every coach brings a different thing to the table. So Coach James, you know, he brings, he's not just good on the field, he's good off the field too. He's a, like, he's like another dad to me. The 34-year-old James joined the Mustangs last season as defensive coordinator before being promoted to the top spot back in February. Having the chance to lead a program for the first time in his career is something he says still hasn't sunk in just yet. 
to me, it's still just coaching. Um, it's, it's making sure we got the pieces in the right places. Um, my coaching staff, I, I can't speak enough about them, um, how much work and effort they're putting into this. It's a staff that includes men with plenty of experience at the highest level of football, most notably former Panther Captain Munnerland. The 10-year NFL vet didn't expect to join the coaching ranks so soon, but he's looking forward to passing down the knowledge that he's gotten over the years. I've been running from it for a while. You know, even my high school coach told me, you know, one day I'll be a wonderful coach, and I kind of ran away, ran, ran from it for a while. But you know, I think the time was right. You know, it was right. I've been out of the NFL for like three years now, and um, I think it was time to you know me tap into my my next chapter of my life and. The next chapter is to point it to these kids. Another big addition for the Mustangs comes on offense in sophomore wide receiver Brody Keefe. The Marvin Ridge transfer is already on track to play big-time college football as he holds offers from schools such as Georgia, Ohio State, UNC, and South Carolina. The adjustment to his new home has been a smooth one so far. Everything's been good. Uh, just getting used to the system, you know, getting getting closer to the guys I'm playing with. Um, but, I mean, everyone's been so, like, this energy, everything around here is really good. Like, really, really welcome people. As for Keith and his new teammates, the seniors look to go out on a high note after winning just five total games the previous two seasons. Last year we were 3-7, and seven, you know. Um, everybody doubted us. Um, nobody really is afraid of us, so we got to come in strong, you know, win that first game and take care of what we need to do. And the Mustangs will have quite the test right out the gate. They'll open up the Turf King Charlotte Invitational against Charlotte Christian at noon on August 19th. All right, high school football just about a month away, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. It is still baseball season, so let's head on out to the A, where the Braves are trying to keep their streak alive of consecutive series wins. They have won 11 straight series dating back to the final days of May, but needed a win against the White Sox today to keep it going. Second inning, it's not a Whataburger, it's Jake Burger going yard. We have seen quite a few burger bombs here at Truist Field. Atlanta couldn't match Chicago's bats, though. Just five hits for the Braves today. Meanwhile, Luis Robert Jr. having a day. That's a two-run blast for him in the sixth inning. Makes it eight to one. That would be the final score. White Sox take two out of three. Braves are back at it Tuesday against the Diamondbacks. All right, moving on to the Knights. They were kind of having a similar weekend to the Braves. A lack of hit. Charlotte trying to avoid the sweep on the road against Lehigh Valley. Yeah, they did. They got swept. The Iron Pigs scored six unanswered runs in the seventh and eighth innings to pull away. Charlotte outscored 19-1 this weekend over a three-game series. They fell 7-1 today. They're back at home this week against Memphis. All right, a pretty quiet week for the Panthers, but one of their new pieces on offense did speak out on his expectations heading into training camp. Here from running back Miles Sanders coming up next. And despite being picked midway through the second round, one member of the Hornets draft class made big strides in the summer league. We go one-on-one -on -one with Mari Bailey coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. All right, here's your Charlotte Hornets 2023 draft class. And, of course, all the attention has been on their first-rounders, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. But don't sleep on Amari Bailey. The former UCLA guard showed off some of that blue blood pedigree in summer league play. And earlier this week, he sat down with me to talk about it. Well, we have one of the four Hornets 2023 rookies making this Charlotte Sports Live debut, Amari Bailey, the second-round pick out of UCLA. How's everything been going this past few weeks, man? Everything's been great. I've just been uh, soaking everything up and uh, just trying to be a sponge. And you look at over the last few weeks, you know, obviously being a sponge, trying to learn on the fly. A few weeks since you got that call, a call that every guy dreams of that grows up playing basketball, getting that call, getting drafted to the NBA. Has everything started to sink in yet? What have the emotions been like these past few weeks? The last few weeks have really just been a blur. 
that's like the best way I can put it. It's just been a blur. Um, being able to just meet all the guys and get some practices in before we took off to Sacramento and now being here in Vegas, having played a couple games, um, it feels good just getting like the league feel under your belt and uh, just getting my feet wet. And of course, you know, coming out of high school, highly touted five-star recruit out of Sierra Canyon, dealt with some injuries your senior year, freshman year at UCLA, end up falling into the second round. How did that adversity over the past couple of years shape you into the man you are now? And would you say you have an extra chip on your shoulder going into the second round? Uh, I would say I for sure have a chip on my shoulder. Um, whether I got drafted 41st, first, um, I, I don't really think that the chip, uh, the, the pick number matters, but it, I would say, because um, I'm not looking for universal love, but at the same time, um, I do have that chip on my shoulder to just go 10 times harder now that I'm in the league. And um, I have an opportunity to just show um, what I'm capable of doing. And then going back to high school as well, you know, alongside a lot of other great talent, most notably Ronnie James, Zaire Wade, the sons of two of the best we've seen in the NBA. What was it like playing alongside those guys and having LeBron and Dwayne Wade around the program when you were in high school? I mean, just having LeBron and D-Wade, um, it was really good just them having a lot of knowledge, um, having been two of the, great, two of the greats to um, ever play the game, and um, them just pouring into us whenever they could um, and whenever they were around the program. And then Bronny and Z-Wade just being, uh, one, just great teammates, and two, um, they're really um, basketball junkies and they love the game. And I'm sure having, you know, those guys around, you got to have some memorable stories from that time when you were in high school, having LeBron and Dwayne Wade around. Just anything you want to share? Anything funny? Maybe just anything uh, from that time? Yeah, we were in China and we were on the opposite side of, um, we were on the opposite side of uh, the airport and we had, a, we thought we had an hour delay that only ended up being 10 minutes. So we, like, we were running that thing like it was a 40-yard dash. So I would say that's probably one of the funnier moments because that was the first time we were all really around each other. And that's how we that's how we started our trip. Luckily, you guys were able to make it in time. And, of course, coming into the NBA, it's a big transition coming from college. When you look at your game personally, what have been some of the main things that you've been wanting to work on since getting into the league and maybe some feedback that you've gotten so far? Just on defense, uh, being in the right places, um, communicating, just having more active hands, um, just being a lockdown defender, and then on top of that, just continuing to be consistent with my shooting. And then noticing you, obviously, and Nick Smith at summer practice, summer league practice a few weeks ago, getting into some extra work, you know, leading up to getting to Vegas in Sacramento. What's some that relationship been like between the two of you guys, being the two guards that got drafted, and how would you say that you guys feed off each other? I feel like we both feed off each other because we're just very competitive. And we all just, um, we both just... Um, to strive to just try to be the best. I think that's just amazing energy to be around. And Nick and I, have, um, we've grown like a relationship throughout high school, having been roommates at um, Team USA and Jordan Brand. So um, I'm very familiar with Nick and um, he just has great vibes and great energy. When you look at the identity of the team heading into the season, once you guys get with the vets, what would you say is the current identity of this Hornets team heading into the season? Um, we have a bunch of young gunners, but uh, as well as vets um, that are really just trying to win. Um, I feel like we got a lot of great pieces in the draft and just being able to feed off of what the team already has. Um, coming in, being a sponge, obviously as rookies, and uh, just trying to win. I think that's the biggest thing, getting to the playoffs, give ourselves a chance and just win.
All right, back to the black and blue. From now until week one of the season, everyone in the NFL has hope. The worst team in the league has hope. You can look at your roster and everyone is healthy. The schedule is manageable right now. You can create that path for your team to make the dance. And the Panthers are on the up and up, widely considered a legit contender for the NFC South. Of course, the players enjoy the downtime right now, but they're also ready to go. No, it's, it's actually, you know, when it gets to this point, uh, time starts going by fast. So I, I'm about ready to, uh, you know, get, get ready to work, you know, and, yeah. and get this get this season on. I believe we can be as good as we as we put our minds to it. I mean, people will say we look good on paper um, or we got, you know, we got a lot of talent, a lot, lot of young talent, got some vets on the team too. But you really create a championship team between OTAs and, and training camp. All right, I love this comment. Like, we look good yeah. on paper. What does bad look on paper? Like asking yeah. for a friend. I mean, it's it's pretty much if you look around and you don't have like really any kind of structure, which I feel like this team has structure. But the thing is, yeah. you can't take a lot of weight because it's like it's still the preseason. Like you said, everybody has hope, but at the same time, you got to get out there and play the games. Now, I think this roster is pretty solid. I think they're right now on the bubble of the playoffs. If you look in the division, which has obviously been down the past few years, I put them right behind the Saints to be in that mix. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we saw the Bucks get in the playoffs with just eight wins last year. So you're looking at anywhere from eight to 10 to 11 wins that could get them in. And looking at the schedule, it is rather manageable. So I think this is a team that could make that leap and possibly make that jump. But I mean, right now, it's I can't put a lot of weight into what this See, team is. See, I even think it's hard to get a good gauge on what the team looks like even at training camp because they're playing against each other now yeah. the joint practices That'll I'm be, excited for yes. because that's going to be your best tell because you're going up against right. something you haven't seen every day mm -hmm. but I'll say this one group that I do want to see outperform just because they've been a group that's talked about is the wide receivers room yeah. like I would really Absolutely. like them because they're saying oh you bring Adam Thielen in but th they kind of they kind of shoot him down a little yeah. bit, that he's not he's not reliable. And I would love to see him kind of just go off Him as season. well, and especially those cornerbacks. I want to see how deep that room is, if they can really make that jump. Because, as we've seen, Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, injury problems last year. He needs some good guys. Yeah. Well, the Tennessee Titans are feeling crown-worthy tonight after landing this guy, star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. It's a reported two-year deal that is expected to be complete over the next few days. We're heading to our QC crowns coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. All right, if you haven't listened to Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast yet, you are missing out. Scan that code that you see right there on your screen. Tap the button that, pop, that pops up, and then you can subscribe. Get all your Charlotte sports news and chatter in the palm of your hand any day of the week, every day of the week. And, of course, if you want to visualize, if you're going to listen to the podcast tomorrow, we are both donning our yellow. And now it's time to hand out our QC crowns. Grace, who you got tonight? Mine is going to Garrett Cole, and I feel like this is okay because I have not done the Yankees crown in a while. So he threw a gem today against the Rockies, struck out 11 batters across six innings, marking his 24th outing with 10 or more strikeouts as a Yankee, which is a new franchise record. Cole passes the legendary Ron Guidry, that record that held since 1988. And another night for me and another crown for me going out to Steph Curry, Charlotte native son. So yesterday made history with his hole in one on the seventh hole in the American Century Championship. Well, today he finished the weekend on top, drills that putt on the par 518 for Eagle to win the AC Championship. And just look at my man Steph. Gets it done with 75 points over the weekend. Just the second basketball player to ever win the American Century Championship at Lake Todd. But Andrew Brightman says he still wouldn't win on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Would you get a home one though? Me? I try. <laughs> for Grace, I'm Gabe. Do it again tomorrow night. Good night, guys.